This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Well, 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 where are you today, Eno? The fabulous Trump. What are you doing? Oh, you're WBC. Okay, I got gotcha. you. No, I'm not. I'm just on a spring break, a spring training trip. <laughs> no, no, no. So they're playing a spring training game at the Trop? Yeah, uh, there was a uh, hurricane in their other place. Oh, okay. It flooded, so they're doing spring here. The so. beautiful Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida. My first time, too. <laughs> uh, hey, once you go there for the first time, don't you realize, oh, my God, these guys need a new ballpark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of charming in its own way. It's very bright. Yeah, they, you know they had a Final Four there years ago. Yeah. It's, it's kind of – I don't know. I don't I don't hate it so much as I thought I would. But it is uh, – Kind of shabby sheep, let's say. <laughs> well, it's crazy when you're there, too, because it always rains and you'll hear the lightning and everything outside. And because, as you mentioned, it's the, the, the roof is it's not see-through, but you can, like, you see the lightning through the roof. It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting joint. We can say that. You know, we were just playing Brad Lidge from SiriusXM talking about six-man rotation for the Mets we're just doing the numbers and the amount of volume. So Domingo Acevedo, right? He went 70 games for us. He got 203 outs. We were looking at if you just did a six-man rotation for the season, knowing that the average starter goes five and a third, that means these seven relievers, whoever they are, you can bust them up and back from AAA or whatever, but those seven relievers are going to have to get around 250 outs a year Domingo Acevedo, who for us went 70 games last year, only got 203. If you just start doing the simple math of innings and Oh, because and you, volume, you're using a roster spot on a reliever that you would have – on a starter that you would have used on a reliever. It just doesn't – It just doesn't. Add, you're not going to have enough starters. You don't have enough relievers. I just – we're at a point to, yes, stuff plus. We want everybody to be lights out every single time they come up. But we're having a major volume problem. No, it is a totally a problem. And, you know, another way that I can that I can say it is uh, that it's not a good move is that you start getting fewer starts from your best starters. Yes. Right. That's that's another reason it's not a good move. But another way that I've seen what you're talking about in the numbers is like we want uh, these four out relievers. Right. And you want these four out relievers because you're like, oh, we've got these guys who are better than just a three out relievers. We can go a little bit of length with them. They're really great. They're kind of mini starters. Oh, I love that. But then 
if they're good, you want to use them back to back. We've been using relievers back to back and back to back to back a lot. Yeah. More yeah. You had that last year. Yeah. Bullpens more. So then if you're using guys back to back and back to back to back and for four outs, that contributes to the injury problem. So um, th- there's this weird thing that like rosters and roster usage has kind of evolved the way it is because it has to be that way. And, you know, you kind of you would need to change the roster to make a six man rotation work. And I think the only way that it'll really work is if you have some up and down work, you only have three options now. So you can't just like, oh, our sixth starter is always down in AAA and then he comes back up. You know, you can't yeah. do that. Um, so I I kind of think it won't work. The way it could work is that last reliever is your sixth starter and he goes back to the relief and you kind of use off days and you kind of toggle that. So you have somebody like Tyler McGill or David Peterson and he's your lefty in the bullpen some days and he's your starter some days and he goes three innings sometimes and he goes one inning sometimes and you could really maybe hyper manage that where you get to where you need to go you know when we start looking at the new york mets and that's it we're, we're going off what brad lidge said on his show on sirius xm and if i remember correctly the mets did everything they could to get scherzer and Degrom right for the big moment right the postseason and even before that when they had that big three game set down in atlanta where the braves swept them so they did everything they could to get their best pitchers to be right at the right time. They got swept in Atlanta, and then they got swept by the Padres in the playoffs. So even though you think you're, what you're doing is right, it doesn't always mean it's going to work out for you. You know, there is no correlation between September team record and October success. That's sort of an, another way of saying it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think you – I think the big luck – is when the injuries happen we all have injuries on our teams and we all have to deal with that and it's just when they happen and in some cases sometimes it's better to get it out of the way in spring you know people were talking about like whoa you know it's a fantasy season so how should i draft tyler glass now how should i value this guy how should i value carlos radon who just signed a big contract went to to new york and he's hurt well i did wouldn't have put them down for much i wouldn't have put rodown down for 200 innings there were only eight guys who threw 200 innings last year i don't think rodone's going to be one of them you know and uh and i wouldn't have put tyler glass now down for much more than 130 innings and maybe they got the injuries out of the way maybe they can kind of coast through the rest of the season maybe it's an abundance of caution just as they say so it's the biggest chaos in baseball is when the injuries happen so since you've been in Florida, what's impressed you in the Grapefruit League? I, one of the things that I think is a big deal is how the umpires are enforcing the pitch clock. Uh, that's changing from game to game while I'm down here. That's changing. You know, the question is, when do you start the pitch clock? You know, when do you start it? Because once you start it, yeah, then it's easy to enforce. Okay, you didn't do your eight seconds batter. And there's a lot of batters who are having a harder time with it than pitchers. But if you if you start the pitch clock, then you know how to enforce it. But when do you start the pitch clock is a bit of gray area. And we're seeing umpires kind of play with that and wait a little bit. And uh, so I saw my first three-hour game, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, in Bradenton. There was a three-hour game. That was <laughs> the first one of spring or maybe. I, like, we're, we're down to like two minutes, two hours and 30, sec- 30 minutes for yeah. uh, the average game. So uh, that one felt pretty normal. And I know that there had been some consternation in Pittsburgh because they'd been mad because, um, you know, uh, Andrew McCutcheon is back in Pittsburgh. And so every time he steps to the plate, there's this big rousing ovation. And he got popped on a hitter violation 
because like nobody like the umpire wasn't even behind him right and the catcher's standing around and everyone's applauding and McCutch is like hey you know it's good to be back and then <laughs> umpire's like nope strike one <laughs> Can you remember remember when Albert Pujols went back to St. Louis and Yadi Molina stood out in front of the plate so every single at bat it was the most nauseating thing every <laughs> single at bat well he'd be starting every every at bat now 01 <laughs> yeah yeah so there I know that there you know there were some that were upset about you know that call and so there's there, there's some gray area, and I even just talked to Kevin Cash today about what he thinks about it. And he thinks he thinks he's seen it be very different from uh, stadium to stadium. So maybe there's some gray area with the the people operating the clock when they do it. Right? There's somebody somebody pressing start on the clock, and so that's been a little bit of gray area. I don't get the impression from the league that they are going to change any of this. You know, there's people out there being like, oh, well, I kind of like the pitch clock, but like, what if it was 25 seconds or something? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of that. That's not happening. Not in year one. They're they're committed to this going all season, but there is a gray area where the umpires may find a way to insert a little bit of time because it's pretty aggressive to cut 25 minutes off a game in one year. So maybe we'll settle in at two hours and 40 or two hours and 45 minutes and people will feel better about it in the regular season. Everybody is getting used to this. So, you know, the umpires, off, no matter what you say, you know, up in the league office, the umpires are the ones enforcing it, and they will be the ones that sort of find a cadence, I think, that works for everybody. So it's important for you as a national guy to be able to go to Florida. I mean, because obviously you're out here on the West Coast. You're able to see all the teams when they go into Oakland or they go into San Francisco. Just how important is it for you to be there, to be in Florida, and to see all those teams that normally, you know, you'd only see once a year? Yeah, it's nice to get in front of people I don't see as often. And, you know, spring is such a great time because people have a little bit more time for you. You can talk about, you know, more advanced things and you can talk about a little bit longer. And um, and this year was really just important to get out there because there's so it's baseball. Baseball is different. Baseball is different right now. We just reduced the strikeout rate uh, this spring to about where it was five years ago. We just increased the batting average to where it was about five years ago. Power is down, which I don't know why, but maybe batters are adjusting and saying, hey, contact is being rewarded now. I need to get this ball in play and uh, uh, and this and there's no shift out there. So maybe I just need to just put this ball in play. So I've even seen when I look at the numbers, um, exit velocity is down the spring compared to other springs. Maybe that's early going or maybe that's an adjustment. Launch angle is down. Uh, slugging is down, but uh, batting average is up and strikeout rate is down and stolen bases are up about 25%. So, I mean, is that, isn't that kind of what people wanted? we got more singles, more stolen bases, more action. Um, I think if you're on the fence and you're mad about the pitch clock and you're mad that they did so many rules at once, I, I think just give it a shot. Like go to a game, like, you know, that's what I would say is if you loved a game for so long and you're mad about Manfred ball or whatever you're calling it, and you're mad about these rules, at least go to a game and check it out because it's, I think mostly people like it. I can tell you out of our camp, everybody loves it. Like this is really just old school to me, media people who don't like it. Fans appreciate it. Our players like it. Our coaches like it. And as you said, 
the time is down, but productivity. More runs are being scored, less strikeouts, more hits. I mean, everything. The big question I've wondered about, because we've talked about so much about velocity, velocity, velocity. How is, are we seeing a difference in velocity with pitchers having less time? That's exactly a piece that I'm working on, and it's something that, you know, I'd like to see, but I I haven't yet seen in the numbers in terms of, um, you know, let me see if I can put fastball velocity on this thing real quick. But, uh, you know, one thing I haven't seen is, uh, you know, you know why it's hard? It's because it's early. Yeah. And so the pitchers that are out there are pitching three innings. And so I tell you right now that fastball velo is up again, you know, compared to last spring. But that's with pitchers only going, you know, three innings or whatever it is. And if you're going three innings, it's easier to air it out. So we're going to really see in the next couple of weeks what this means. And that's exactly the kind of story I'm working on. I ask Kevin Cash, they're monitoring, you know, their their starters the third time through. They're starting, not third time through, but at least third inning now. <laughs> they're getting the third inning and fourth inning. If they're monitoring velocity, if they're wondering, worried about that, I asked Drew Rasmussen about it. Um, and I'm going to ask a few more pitchers about it because um, it is more fatigue. You're asking the pitchers to move faster. If you ask them to move faster without as much rest in between, there's more fatigue. And the more fatigue there is, the more injuries there could be, and the more velo loss you could see in the fourth and fifth innings, which would be weird. It would put more pressure on teams to take the starting pitcher out earlier, which is something that baseball does not want. Now, you know, what's also happening is people talking about that separately and what baseball might do about the starting pitcher. And um, I believe it was maybe um, uh, Max Scherzer on a podcast uh, might have suggested um, that you that you lose your DH. You, if you take your starting pitcher out before one of these three things happens, you lose your DH. And the idea is either your starter hits the sixth inning, you can take him out and keep your DH. If your starter gives up four, four runs, you can take him out and keep your DH. If your starter... Maybe it throws a certain amount of pitches. I forget what the third one was. But the idea is create some benchmarks where if you don't reach those benchmarks, you lose your DH. So there's some sort of penalty for taking a pitcher out early. It's an interesting idea. I don't think that people will like it because it's so like, oh, you do what? You do what? You don't like it. Have to explain it every time it happened. <laughs> you know, like, but at the same time, baseball can make these rules. And I think that when people talk about, hey, are we going to the game tonight? You going to the game tonight? Who's starting? Yes. You know, I still think the starting pitcher matters a lot to how people sense the game. When you see like a, a probables, if you're looking at the if you're looking at the who's playing tonight across the league, like it says probables. It has yes. starting pitcher probables on there. That's that's meaningful. It's the only name that's on there. It doesn't say who's starting at shortstop. <laughs> it says who's the starting pitcher tonight. And that's kind of how we think of football is who's the quarterback, right? So I think, you know, if there is something to be done, they, there are some incentives here. Like, for example, if you let more balls in play with the shift, right, it puts pressure on teams to get more strikeouts. They want more strikeouts because now they can't defend it as well. So that's just going to put more upward pressure on strikeouts. So there are some of the rules they're making, they're changing right now, that will put upward pressure on strikeouts and downward pressure on starters' innings, which is not exactly what they wanted. Yeah, but if guys are making more contact and there's less strikeouts, we just got to let it see play out because right now it's working. So we'll see how it goes from spring training into the regular season. You're there in Tampa. You know, everybody's always going to talk about Yankees. 
everybody is always going to talk about, you know, uh, the Red Sox and what they're doing. You got the Toronto Blue Jays people think are real in it. What are the Orioles going to look like? And once again, people are not talking about the Rays. What do you think so far being around Rays camp? They're used to it, you know. They're used to it. They're, 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 they've self-styled underdogs, you know, in a way. They're used to not being talked about. But, um, you know, there's a little difference with these Rays than in the past. They're a little bit more established. You know, I was talking to a Ray about how in the past they'd kind of gone to 80 innings because that's who they had. But now they have Shane McClanahan. They're not going to stop him in 80 innings, you know. Drew Rasmussen has a year under his belt. They're not going to stop him. Jeffrey Springs is a... Now, almost a season started at this point. Zach Eflin, the guy got they got from he was the biggest uh, free agent mm-hmm. contract of their history with Zach Eflin for three years from the Phillies. Um, so they have guys now. They don't have to do the opener anymore. They used to do the opener because they had to. They, they had guys that weren't, you know, they didn't make the very most out of. They had to figure it out. They didn't have a fist starter. So they pieced it together with an opener and a bulk guy, you know. But this year they have five, six good starters. They have some depth. And I think it's really all about Wander Franco taking the next step. If he takes the next step and he becomes a superstar, that can take them from a, a team that maybe wins a postseason series, makes the postseason, to some somebody that wins the whole thing. And I think it's it's hard to put it all on one player, but it's because of such a solid team that one superstar could make a big difference. You know, it's a, they're solid. They they do everything right. But one superstar puts everybody on their shoulders in a way, takes gives them that extra three wins. You know what I mean? That just that that like takes them beyond their projections. So it's a lot to put on one guy, but he's a guy that you know has a lot in common statistically with Jose Ramirez, a guy who's been in the conversation for MVPs. Wanda Franco is an MVP this year. They could win the World Series. So since you've been down there, are there uh, uh, something or some things that have really stood out to you? Other than everyone trying to figure out the rules, um, you know, and the, there's been a lot of uh, lost balls in the sun. It's kind of the first week of spring training. So uh, angry managers and lost balls in the sun. Um, no, I, I, uh, I've been sort of monitoring, like, you know, I think everybody has the same sort of like pitching uh, setups now in terms of training and, and what they're doing. Like we're starting to get to a point where almost everyone's on the same page with like, you got your track man, you got your high speed video, you got your coach looking at the numbers and being like, mm, we want another inch up there or whatever, you know, like a lot of that's the same. But one big differentiator from team to team seems to be um, if they port that same style over to hitting. And some of the very best teams are teched out and are starting to have coaches that look at the data and be like, no, we want something like this, we want something like this, even with like bad angles and pelvis and you know like they're they're starting to get into that and the better teams are have more of that setup that looks more like the pitching side and the other teams are trying to catch up and so the hitting space to me is a real place for for teams to separate themselves going forward and i know you've been on a march to try and find some east coast breweries i know it's a different deal in florida what have we found in florida i just uh i wandered into tampa bay beer week yesterday <laughs> uh and i just went to i, I like uh, green bench brewing here in tampa and it's a very good brewing but I, I i just went there to have a bite to eat and have a beer before i, I got my hotel which uh, i'm staying in like the worst hotel I've ever stayed in it's like it's got sticky floors Ew. and and uh, and my and my door has one has one hinge, so I have to like pull it up to close it. Oh or else my it won't god! Close. 
Oh, it's it's one of the grossest hotels I've stayed in. But um, yeah, don't do La Quinta, man. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, uh, I just happened to be uh, here for Beer Week, and we had some. Uh, we had a West Coast brewery in there. Cable Car is just like the sour that everyone talks about that I've never had before. And I sat down and I had got a cable car from Lost Abbey Brewing in San Diego, uh, and uh, it was great. Yeah, so it was really fun to. And then as I was sitting there, the whole like festival filled in beside. I was like alone at the bar at first, being like, "Whoa, look at this beer list! This is crazy!" And then I turn around and there's like, you know, three hundred bearded white dudes behind me. <laughs> so it turned into a beer festival real quick. But uh, I really, uh, I really had a good time, and I would suggest that anybody who goes down here goes to Green Bench. Well, I'm just gonna say that's when you have a charmed life. Wherever you go, it's beer week. <laughs> That's when you know, like, you just show up. Oh, I'm here for beer week. Well, of course you're there for beer week. You're the beer guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I couldn't believe it. Where else are you going? Uh, after this, I think it's, um, we'll see. I have trying to get uh, to three camps, but I only have, like, two days. So uh, there's Toronto, uh, New York, and uh, Phillies, and I kind of have to pick two of the three. So I'm gonna, we'll see where we go next. You, you want to pick for me? Well, I would definitely say New York's boring. I mean, I mean, everybody goes. The Athletic gives us daily New York stuff anyway. I would go to Toronto and I would go to Philly because you're going to find better stories. I mean, that the, the Yankee stories are already told every day and everybody knows them. I'd go to Philly and Toronto. That might be that might be the way. Or how about if baseball really does change? What do the what does the Yankees beer softball league lineup look like in a new era of baseball? Yeah, I mean they they do strike out a little bit more than usual, and their defense is taking a really big hit right now. You know, their their center fielder Harrison Bader is hurt, and their their pitching lineup is already they've lost two guys with with Frankie Montas being hurt, and now Carlos Rodon. So their depth is being tested. But the the one the one good thing about the Yankees is they actually aren't that bad at developing guys. So they've got uh, they've got a shortstop that can step in. They've got Oswaldo Cabrera in the outfield who can step in. Um, and I like Clark Schmidt, their starting pitcher, that's going to probably be in the rotation now because of all the injuries. So I think they're set up to be okay. But uh, you're right, the injuries are hitting them as hard as anybody, and they're hitting them at key positions. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can actually play defense everywhere. Safe travels, my friend. We'll talk to you next. Wait, what? Play is, play is, oh, play is close. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Wherever he goes, it turns into beer week. <laughs> All right, safe travels, my friend. Eno Saris from the Trop. How about that? This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 